Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking flexible dieting. Nicole. Daron. Flexible dieting. Yep. Today's topic. Let's talk about flexibility. Okay. Well, I'm very flexible. I mean, as a dancer and all. Former dancer. Mm-hmm. Splitting on your TRXs in your Yeah. That's still on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think you did that a few times. I love doing that. It's fun. Yeah, I don't bend that way. Yeah. Well, I'm very flexible, so this will be nope. a great topic for me. Well, let's talk about flexibility in your diet. Okay. And let's discuss what flexible dieting is. Okay. Well, what's your definition of flexible dieting? Just being flexible with your food choices and still being within the, let me rephrase that, being flexible with your food choices within reason and still being within your calorie and macro goals. Yeah, basically. That's it in a nutshell. And we might as well touch up on, I guess what's kind of a, flexible dieting approach which is if it fits your macros yeah they do it that's basically what that means however when it fits your macros first came out and i first heard about it i was like this is bullshit and i think the reason why that was my reaction was because of all the people around me just being like i can eat whatever i want as long as it fits my macros right like i can go to mcdonald's three times a day as long as it fits my macros type of thing or eat out whenever i want like ice cream i think it was a big one or like i can eat pop tarts because that you know in the bodybuilding world there's Mm -hmm. you know people who are just like oh well this works and this is just as good or better than eating real food. Yeah. See, now I will take it one step further. Flexible dieting for me means there's flexibility, like you mentioned, within the food choices. But the reason why there's flexibility in the food choices is because everybody's body is different. That's how I view flexible dieting. Like you may thrive eating bananas and I may not. So flexible dieting means you can eat bananas and I can't. Or flexible dieting could be you have no issue with coffee and I can't have coffee because it keeps me up at night, as I've mentioned many times. The goal of flexible dieting is to be able to allow every person on the planet to have flexibility within the choices of food they make because it best fits their calories, macros, yes, but also how their body works. Like, how is it even possible to say that every single person on the planet has to eat green beans? I absolutely love them. But they don't. Just Some be- people might not be able right. to eat green beans. They're, they're, it's a healthy food, but not everybody eats green beans. Well, healthy for who? That's a relative term. Well, this is the reason why flexible dieting exists, because well, it depends. I think from a psychological standpoint, flexible dieting exists as well, because you can allow mm-hmm. yourself to eat foods that you enjoy. And I honestly think this is kind of more so the direction that I've been going with some of my clients this is more general population clients. Like we also have to look at the spectrum of who this is directed towards. Like obviously, like as you mentioned, bodybuilders, competitors, even probably I would even go athletes, people that are really focusing on a goal. That's a whole different topic. And also while there can be flexibility in the way they eat, 
they, they are reaching for something and striving for something that's greater. But for the general population that's looking to be healthy and just exercise and feel good about themselves and maybe look good, there's a little more flexibility in being flexible. Well, I don't know. I think a elite athlete could be more flexible in their approach and still hit their macros and get their energy. Yeah, really, they can. Really, but... for, for both parties, for somebody who is a elite athlete, a competitor, or general population, regardless of who you are, it's still mostly real food. And I think that is the big point yeah. that I want to drive across is that you can't just eat junk food and expect to reach your goals. Like, yeah, maybe temporarily, but here's the thing is there are going to be some factors that fall into that, that maybe you're hungry all the time because you're eating like shit, or maybe you are, you're feeling like shit because you're eating like shit, but you're still in your macros. But that's what I mean by the, well, so someone that's an athlete is trying to perform, can't eat things that make them feel crappy because then they perform crappy, which is because we're general- talking. But the general, general population, population, the general population person can't do that either because they're going to. Right. Shit. But I'm just saying it's a different level of someone that's sitting in an office all day that may feel crappy can push through that. An athlete that is trying to perform cannot like they have to be able to function. So I'm just saying there's a range of flexibility within the flexibility. <laughs> but ultimately, it's really about the individual person. Like this is the other thing about making foods good or bad. Like I said, a banana for you could be fine. A banana for me could be bad. So if you want to categorize it as good as bad, it depends on the person. I love bananas. They go on my shake every morning. I hate bananas. Okay. Well, bananas hate you. (laughs) Oh, I miss coffee. That's for sure. So drink some fucking coffee. I can't. It keeps me up at night. Sucks to be you. Every right. now and then I do have a cup. And when I wake up in the middle of the night and I just stare at the ceiling, I think, was it really worth it to have the cup of coffee? Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Well, you might just generally be a little bit more sensitive, but you're probably even more sensitive to caffeine considering that you don't really drink it. Doesn't matter. If I drank it every day, my sleep gets worse. I know my body. It All is right, what it is. Then go to sleep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. My point, my point being is it depends on the person. All right. So... Let's get into basically who flexible dieting is for. And in my eyes, flexible dieting is for the individual who has already mastered their macros. Yeah. The reason being, Nicole, it's like you say, earn your easy. Mm -hmm. Right. The reason being is because you have to have a grasp to be able to. You can't just throw foods into your meal plan and say, "Okay, I'm flexible dieting and just eating whatever the fuck I want. You have to be able to balance your macros and then Mm -hmm. learn what is in the foods that you're eating and what first and foremost, what is predominantly, and this is, I find this all the time, right? Is avocado a source of protein? Like I've, I've heard that from, uh, you know, I'll tell clients like, let's create a list of proteins together. And you know, avocado seems to always come up and I'm like, nuts too. that's a, that's a sort. Yeah. Or nuts. Right. So we have to be able to first identify what foods have predominantly which macronutrient. Now, obviously, if you're eating processed junk, that's generally speaking, you know, like cakes, cookies, stuff like that. That's generally Mm -hmm. speaking high, high caloric density. That's sugar and fat. That's why we crave these things, because, you know, what the research shows is that it's not that we're addicted to sugar. It's that we're addicted to foods that have this sugar, fat, salt combination. Yeah. that are hyper palatable, right? Yeah. So those are foods that aren't going to be favorable for you. But if we break down foods into are the, ma- the primary macronutrients that they are, mm-hmm. 
nuts and seeds and avocados and healthy oils, uh, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, things of that sort. Those are all going to be primarily sources of fat. Yeah. Your protein sources are going to be, Nicole, we mention it all the time, meat, fish, poultry, dairy, and eggs. You can do mm-hmm. protein shakes. You can do bars in there. Although I don't advise bars on a regular basis. That's kind of like a grab it on the go and be careful of what you're grabbing. Although I do think that there are a lot of the bars that come out nowadays aren't really as much candy bars as they used to be. Yeah. And then your your carb sources are going to be predominantly your starches are going to be your energy yielding carbohydrates. And then you're obviously mm-hmm. going to want some vegetables and fiber. So, you know, your greens, your string beans, your broccoli, your spinach, your kale, your asparagus, your cauliflower, your uh, bell peppers, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. To me, those things are generally kind of like they're not exactly free foods, but they kind of are because they're not going to add up to a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you really have to account for is your starches, like mm-hmm. your rice, your beans, your quinoa, your mm-hmm. pasta, your potato, potatoes, white potatoes, red potatoes, sweet potatoes, whatever kind of potatoes you eat, mm-hmm. uh, your oats. Right. So all of those things are going to be predominantly carbs. Right. So once you've learned that and you've mastered, OK, what is a carb? What is a protein? What is a fat? Now you have to figure out how to balance those things. And put them together. Yeah. And put them together. Once you've figured out, so let's say you figured out how to balance and I'll throw out the 40, 30, 30 that I always throw out. It's Mm -hmm. 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat. Let's say you want to eat four meals a day and you want to eat 2000 calories a day. That's going to be 200 grams of protein. You break that up, up, sorry, 200 grams of carbs. You break that up into you know, your four meals meals. a day, it's going to be 50 grams of carbs per meal. That's what you have to kind of learn how to earn your easy and, and, and gain that, gain that skill in terms of identifying, like, how do I balance my meals? Or even more importantly, how do I balance my day? Right. We, we always talk about the most important thing, first and foremost, if you're doing a fat loss strategy is going to be your calories in versus calories out, right. Mm -hmm. Um, energy intake versus your total daily energy expenditure. Yeah. Uh, so we figure out a deficit to that and then we kind of build it in that and then protein frequency, making sure that we're consistently eating protein on a daily basis. And this is something that I had an issue with, with something like if it fit your, if it fits your macros, right? Because with, if it fits your macros, it's like, cool, I'm going to load up on protein in the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to eat ice cream <laughs> and you're not, you're not having, yeah. you're just having yeah. sugar at the end of your day and fat and you're not having any protein, you're not spreading that out. And what we know from the research is that mm-hmm. protein feeding frequencies is a factor in increasing muscle protein synthesis. So we mm-hmm. definitely want to distribute our protein. It doesn't have to be entirely even throughout the day, but you definitely want to have as possible. You want to have protein feedings mul- like three to five times a day. Yeah. Now, well, that's where the fundamentals come in. These are all the basic nutrition education that we teach our clients at the beginning. And it doesn't change. It's always the same. No. So once you learn it, this is the this is what you were saying before about building it up. Once you learn this, then you can lean more into a flexible approach. Now, the flexible approach, I'll give you an example. I had a conversation with a client who and, and I think this is what works for people who have the habit of restricting and then binging. Mm-hmm. So for the general population clients, for the people out there that are just like, I want to feel healthy, I want to be in shape, and I want to stop binging. This, I think, is once you've kind of learned how to eat predominantly healthy foods in a balanced way, yeah. this is a way that you can incorporate some of the foods that you love. 
So I recently had a conversation with a client and I said, tortilla chips came up and I said, Mm -hmm. all right, you know what? Take some carbs out. You know, if you know how to balance it, take some carbs out. Let's say you have to have 50 grams of carbs in a meal. Mm -hmm. Do, you know, 40 grams of carbs from rice or potato and then do 10 grams of carbs from tortilla chips with your meal. And that's you being flexible with yourself and you're less likely to binge because you're not you're not making foods bad. It's all about I call that food swapping or replacing or whatever you want to term it, but being able to to put it in so that you still get to have a taste of what you like. I mean, I have a piece of dark chocolate at lunch a couple times a week and I add it. I plug it into my sugar. I take something out in the day and I put that in so that I then get to have something I enjoy and I feel like I'm satiated by it. But you have to understand this is where food journals and logs become a tool. If you are logging and learning in the beginning, then you can easily make those food swaps and still have what you enjoy. And I think at the beginning when you're learning, we talk about food quality more than we do anything. The other piece, Nicole, that I know you wanted to dive into is understanding how to read a food label and identify the macros in your food label. Yeah, I think a lot of people are very confused by food labels, or at least what I experience with clients when I ask them, I'll ask them to bring something to a session. Protein bars are a big one and sometimes shakes, things like that. And I'm like, you tell me how many carbs are in that shake, how many servings, how much fat, what type of sugar, especially down below where it says other ingredients, because a lot of the times they'll, they'll be okay with the label. But then when you look at the ingredients at the bottom and it's like, I don't know, like 50 ingredients. And I'm like, do you know what all of those ingredients are? And like, look them up one at a time and tell me what that what what's in that. And they don't know. Yeah, so that's something but, I go over. But uh, but on the flip side, you know, I kind of never really liked the I like to know what's in like my food. I kind of, yeah, but I kind of, you know, learn what's in your foods. But there there are the people out there that'll say. If you can't pronounce it or if you don't know what it is, then it's not food. Don't eat it. Well, that's that's not what I'm saying. I didn't say that. I just said know what it is. Yeah, but I want to kind of touch up on that point because there are words that are the words for vitamins and minerals. Right. you, You just don't know those things. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not bad for you. Correct. So I think you know, if you can't pronounce it, then don't, then it's not a food. I, I think that's bu- a bullshit. Well, I think that's a fear. Statement. Um, what is it? A, fear mongering. Uh, yeah. Like just don't have it. I don't believe in that either, but I also do think it's important to know what it is. Like educate yourself and look at it that way. The next time you see it, I you... will say, I will say that your protein powder or something that you're eating should mm-hmm. have the, the less ingredients generally the better better off you are i think too a lot of the reason why that comes up is like anything that is the cookies crackers crate cakes all these like uh fat free like cholesterol free like all these crazy claims that are on foods i'm like just look at it just all i'm asking you to do is pay attention to what's on the back you don't need to fear it that's a good point but you should at least know what it is I told you I'm, I'm organic jelly beans or jelly beans or chocolate. I'm not going to not have them, but I am paying attention to what's in them. I really don't care if my jelly beans are organic. I don't eat jelly beans, but I don't well, care I if they're organic. Well, I just like them because I, I like the, the the flavors of them. You know, it's different flavors. That's all. Back to the story here. <laughs> we got to understand which foods are predominantly protein, carbs or fat. And we have to understand food labels to see how we can fit things in. We have to be able Do to you go through. Do you go through food labels with clients? You know what? I, I haven't in a while. 
I do you ever just, have people I, ask questions about I it? Just, I just take the approach of, yeah, I mean, listen, I'll have clients. I'll say, hey, if you're ever in the supermarket, you have any questions, uh, take a snapshot of something, send it yeah. over to me. And I'm yeah. typically pretty responsive with my clients to the point where I'm like, okay, how's this going to fit into your meal plan? Is it going to fit in? Can we make it fit? If we can't make mm -hmm. it fit, what's the alternative? Yeah. Right? Things of that sort. I try and problem solve with yeah. people. But you want to be able to, you also serving sizes. Yeah, exactly. Right? You want to be able, like, if you look at a bag of chips, like a small bag of chips, it's like, you're like, oh, it only says that it's 100 calories. And yeah, then like, it's like 170 it's, calories. It's yeah. two, it's it's 2.5 servings. And then you you're like, I ate the whole bag and it was only 100 calories. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no. no, it wasn't. It was it was, you know, 250 calories because it was two and a half servings. Right. So, you know, it's those. It's That's like, a big one. People don't read the labels. They just they don't look understand at the, they the, look label. At the package. It. They look yeah. at the package. There's clever marketing. There's a picture of a cow on a farm on, on the front of a, a salad dressing or something. And they're like, this <laughs> must be healthy because this yeah. farm looks, looks amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we have to look. We can't just look at the pretty label. We have to look at yeah. the back and we have to look at what the serving, what how much carbs, fat and protein are in a serving and how many servings are in a container. Yeah. The protein anchored approach yeah. even with flexible dieting yep. is what i say is is going to be super important and the reason why i say this there there are three factors that we say is going to help you in terms of your hunger and your satiety mm -hmm. and that's going to be protein fiber and water, water. right mm -hmm. so if you're you have to consider some of these foods when you're flexible dieting if you're eating all i'll call them kind of quote unquote empty carbs yeah they're not going to fill you up. They're not high in fiber, right? And if you're not eating adequate protein throughout the day, protein is very satiating. Protein also has the highest thermic effect of food. So you're going to burn more calories just by eating more protein. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to that, you know, especially from a satiety standpoint. You want to first focus on those foods, those nutrient-dense foods that are going to fill you up. And you want to make sure that you're adequately hydrated. Mm -hmm. Because that's also going to help to fill up your stomach along with your meals. Mm -hmm. Protein is the kind of like the first staple that you're really focusing on. You make sure that's a, on your plate from a day by day and meal by meal standpoint. You want to make yeah. sure that you're consuming protein pretty much at every meal that you're eating. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can't. Hey, like it's the evening and you're missing some carbs and you can't have like a handful of grapes and that's just carbs. Like you can absolutely do that. But yeah. again, like I always say, protein serving three to five times a day and your serving is going to vary from person to person depending on mm -hmm. how much protein you need but depending on your lean body mass right, right? all of those different factors so the goal in balancing your macronutrients like we've talked about in previous episodes is i take the approach typically with clients because most people don't eat enough protein like mm -hmm. if your goal is 150 grams of protein and you eat 50 grams of protein a day you need to be conscious of this yeah you want to learn how to balance your protein then you want to learn how to balance your carbs and fat once you've mastered balancing your protein, carbs, and your fat, you can start to incorporate some of the foods that you enjoy in moderation to fit them into your macros. Right. And that is going to help you be less restrictive. You'll be less likely to binge and you'll mm -hmm. be more likely to have long-term success. I think this is where flexible dieting really exists mm -hmm. is that it allows you a little bit more freedom to enjoy the foods that you enjoy within certain parameters so that you can you don't look at dieting and you're like, oh, chicken. I and can't broccoli. have, etc. Right. It should Instead, be fun. Food. Yeah. The, there's a piece to food that we enjoy food. We enjoy food. And there's a reason why we enjoy food, because there is a physiological drive 
to drive us towards energy dense foods, mm-hmm. things that give us lots of energy, because if I am a hunter gatherer and I'm hungry and I don't have access to food like I do in a supermarket, I, I crave certain foods because certain foods are going to be pleasurable because that's going to drive us to get those foods and get those energy, get that energy from that food and survive. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is an enjoyment piece, right? It's a physiological drive. There's nothing wrong with you for enjoying food. <laughs> and, and this is, the, this is the, the, the flexible piece. You have to be flexible with your, with yourself, but you also, you can't just pile junk food on top of junk food and call it flexible dieting. It's, that's not what it is. That's just eating like shit. Yeah. Eating like an asshole basically eating like an asshole. Uh, and then I always say kind of set a goal for fruits and vegetables. Like yeah. how many servings are you going to eat per day? Yeah. How many servings of vegetables? And if you're somebody that doesn't generally eat vegetables, do yourself a favor, ramp it up slowly. Yeah. Start off slow. <laughs> Let your digestive system adjust. Otherwise you may have some GI discomfort. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's flexible dieting in a nutshell. It is. You just have to take your time and it depends on where you're entering in in terms of, you know, getting started and becoming educated around your nutrition. So ladies and gentlemen, moral of the story, don't eat like an asshole. You can be flexible with yourself, but you have to learn. (laughs) You have to learn first. Yeah. You have to earn your easy. You have to earn the ability to eat the foods that you enjoy in moderation. And if you really want to break the cycle, the cycle of binging or just fit or forget about binging. If you want to break the cycle of constantly feeling like you're starting a diet every Monday (laughs) or starting a new plan every Monday or getting so far and then failing every every time. Right. Yeah. If you if you want to stop feeling like a failure, allow yourself some flexibility. Yeah. But let yourself kind of earn that flexibility. You have to learn about this is why I like your calories first. Yeah, this is why I like the term earn your easy. You have to practice first. You have to get educated. Then you have to practice. Then you earn the right to say, okay, I have some flexibility. And here's the other thing too. If you're not, I I say this all the time, said it probably four times today. If you are not reaching the goal that you are setting for yourself, weight loss, body fat, whatever it is, the way you are eating right now, it's not working. So stop continuing to do it and expecting a different result. I mean, that happens all the time with clients. So you've got to make some changes. So you also have to be flexible in your mindset of what you actually can choose to eat. Like you're going to have to switch things up. If you're eating the same things every day and you're not losing weight, yes, you need to probably adjust your calories, but it also could be that like you were talking about earlier, how you're putting the foods together, how hungry are you getting in between meals? If you can't sustain that, all of those things are factors in whether the plan is working for you or not. And remember, it has to be a lifestyle. So it's something you need to be able to do from now on. So if you aren't getting the goal you want and you can't maintain what you're doing, it's definitely time to take some serious action change. So ladies and gentlemen, that's flexible dieting in a nutshell. Anybody who tries to overcomplicate flexible dieting, it's not that difficult. I I don't think we need this crazy lengthy episode on flexible Mm -hmm. dieting. It is what it is. It's a useful strategy for some people. It allows you to enjoy your fat loss journey and enjoy some of the foods that you're eating along the way. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share it with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 